the way I think about it is like on TikTok, you can kind of watch this video to give you a high level understanding of a term or of a field or technology. So CICD orchestration, for example, they might talk about what's the difference between CICD? What's the difference between all the existing CI providers? Why do I use like Circle CI over something else? Um, whereas YouTube is like, here's how you actually set it up for your system, because that can't be done in the maximum three minutes that like TikTok allows. And also you're not going to have your phone open while you're coding. It makes a lot more sense to have your laptop open. And so I think certain types of content do very well on TikTok and should live on TikTok first or short form video first, I guess, as a genre, like YouTube shorts is also great. Hi there, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm your host, Paul, and today we have Aro Mankad, who's going to be talking to us about uh, TikTok and the amazing outreach that we can get via this platform and how, you know, the modern generation of developers and people are learning through TikTok, outreaching through TikTok. Uh, so Aro is a developer experience engineer at um, Plaid. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's been, yeah, it'll, I think it'll be a fun conversation today. Um, excited to, to talk about TikTok for a bit. Yeah, me too. Um, it's kind of a, a different type of topic. I feel like usually we're delving into open source libraries and frameworks, but we're going to be talking, I think this is more like meta experience, right? Yeah, 100%. What's happening to the field and stuff. So you're a developer experience engineer at Plaid, right? Is that how you say not played Plaid? It's Plaid, yeah, like the Plaid. Okay, like the Tesla. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, also like the Tesla. <laughs> so how long have you been at that place? So yeah, I've been working at Plaid for about a year and a half. Um, and I joined as a developer experience engineer. Um, and it's been, yeah, a really, really fun time so far. So as a developer experience engineer, are you sort of helping people who are getting onboarded into the company? Yeah, so uh, developer experience has kind of like two sides to it. And this is where a lot of people get confused. Um, there's like internal and external developer experience where are you helping the experience of developers at the company or developers using Plaid, like the API tool. Uh, so I work on the external developer experience side. Um, that's further broken up into different stages where, oh, I won't go into all the stages, but the stage I work on is developer build, um, which is specifically helping developers while they're building their integration with, with Plaid's API. Um, so we own a lot of stuff like the sandbox, the open API libraries, that kind of stuff. Okay, so this is starting to come together. So you're a developer experience engineer who's helping with the external outreach of the Plaid project, and you're you're using TikTok as a medium. Is it, did you originally start using TikTok just for the job, or are you using it for a lot of things now in just general education and outreach? Yeah, so actually Plaid, like my day job at Plaid, isn't actually related to my TikTok at all, other than the fact that like experiences I have while working at Plaid, as you would at any company, I, I like do talk about on my TikTok. So stuff like my performance review ratings or um, like how I'm gunning for a promotion or like trying to get a promotion, like how that works. Um, but yeah, I don't do any outreach specifically for Plaid. Like Plaid doesn't have a TikTok. Um, I think it'd be interesting, but it's a little harder for B2B companies like Plaid to have a TikTok presence than it is for B2C companies. Like, um, yeah. So TikTok seems like it's just sort of like your dumping ground of thoughts about being a programmer and working in the tech field, right? Yeah, pretty much. I kind of use it as like, let's say like a visual Twitter. 
um, where, yeah, like people on Twitter don't just post about their jobs, right? They post about kind of like their lives and like what's going on, um, that kind of stuff. If I'm like traveling around, even if it's like personal stuff, like that also goes on the TikTok. Um, because yeah, I think as we'll talk about later, like TikTok is very authentic compared to other social media platforms. So like, I don't feel disincentivized from sharing things outside of my professional life, even though the TikTok is a very professional page for me. Gotcha. That's an interesting, um, phrase. TikTok is very authentic. I think you would start a lot of, uh, conversations with that phrase because people will say oh well tiktok you just got people doing the same dance and stuff and it's like yeah but if you go to the right niche of content that you're looking for there's things you find on there that you won't find on youtube or or anywhere else yeah 100 percent. i think i very quickly when i like downloaded it saw that there wasn't tech content um but there was finance content and that's kind of like how i got started on tiktok in general was if you Think about like on YouTube, there's a CNBC like money make it series where they post about people who basically like vlog a a week in their life of spending. And so they'll say like, here's how I spend my $100,000 salary as a 23 year old in New York. Right. Um, And usually they'll have like really bad spending habits and like compared for me, right? Like from my perspective, I think they have really bad spending habits or they'll make like, let's say they make like $4,000 a month, but they'll have like $2,000 in car payments. Um, like maybe that's an outlier, but like that exists and that's kind of the people that they portray more because it's clickbait to get to viewers. Um, but I thought like kids and people like very impressionable people are watching these videos and thinking that it's okay. And then eventually I saw people who work in tech who were also on the CNBC money make it thing. And then I was like, well, this is something that I could post. Like I make money. Uh, I can post about how I spend it and I don't spend like this. Um, so it, it kind of started with me potentially being like a better role model. Um, and so I've like vlogged a week of my spending on TikTok and just like every day was its own video. And it was super basic. I just like talked to the camera and said like, today I spent like $60 on shorts. And the next day I spent like $2 on a soda. Um, and like, that was it. And then at the end of the week, I just went over my like typical monthly expenses. Um, and then, yeah, that actually generated a lot of interest because it started with this personal finance thing, right? Which was popular on TikTok at the time and tech wasn't. I think if I had gone in and just like posted strictly technical content right away at that time, I don't think it would have gotten as popular, but because I was like, I posted finance first and then people asked about what I did for work, how I got the job I got, like where I went to college, all this kind of stuff. It eventually turned into like a tech and finance channel. Um, But now the niche exists, like now tech exists on the platform Um, and you can like totally just go in post strictly technical content, like explain Kubernetes clusters and um, REST versus gRPC APIs and and become like very popular on TikTok showcasing that kind of stuff. So what's your uh, TikTok handle? If people want to go look at this transition of normal to tech, finance and tech, right? That's a combination. Yeah. So my my TikTok handle is Seattle Tech Bro. uh, And I primarily chose this handle, even though it feels... I don't know, like tech bro typically isn't a good term, but it was like the catchiest term I could think of that wasn't my name because I don't think like if I asked you personally, right, like in two weeks to like spell my name, I don't think you'd be able to. Whereas like, I think you'd be able to remember Seattle tech bro and like all those words are pretty spellable. Um, So it was more of like, it it was a better marketing name and it kind of fit this idea of like potentially being like a better role model where 
traditionally people think of tech bros as like toxic people. And so I was like, yeah, like people in tech aren't just tech bros. Like they can be nice people too. I think that extra drives a point home that that's your handle name. So with, of the videos you're posting, you, it sounds like you're getting people posting comments and they're like, hey, what about this? What about that? Is the culture very like mm-hmm. intro level? Like tell me about rest or is it? are you getting things like, can you tell me like the the differences between these CI/CD orchestration tools? Yeah, so it totally gets like as technical as you want it. Um, the way I think about it is like on TikTok, you can kind of watch this video to give you a high level understanding of a term or of a field or technology. So CI/CD orchestration, for example, they might talk about like what's the difference between CI/CD, right? Like what's the difference between all the existing CI providers and like why. Do I use like Circle CI over something else? Um, whereas YouTube is like, here's how you actually set it up for your like system, because that can't be done in like the maximum three minutes that like TikTok allows. And also you're not gonna have your phone open while you're coding. It makes a lot more sense to have your laptop open. And so I think like certain types of content do very well on TikTok and should live on TikTok first. Um, or short form video first, I guess, as a genre, like YouTube shorts is also great. Um, Some people have like privacy concerns over TikTok and that's totally fine. Um, And if you do, like if that's a major concern for you, then don't post on TikTok. But I think short form video in general as a genre is here to stay. Um, Totally. Yeah. It's taken over. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's like, I don't know, people's attention spans are getting shorter, right? And so you kind of have to adapt to it. But also there's a trade-off because you can post what goes viral on TikTok, right? Which is usually like, it's a seven second video. There's some like trending song in the background and you're doing some trend, right? Which a lot of the times is usually just like, there's some intro to the song and then there's a beat drop and that's when you like display the information on the screen. Um, Like that kind of content can go very viral on TikTok. The three minute informational content is what I call nurturing content. And it's what I post once something goes viral. Um, so like if a video gets 200, 300,000 views, and then for the next week, I'll pretty much say like, I don't have to post viral content anymore because it's there. And now users will see the three minute, one minute, two minute pieces of content that I create afterwards because like the algorithm just kind of works like that, right? You're like, oh, you really like this one video of, of this person's. Let's see if you like their longer form content. Um, and that's where you like break through this TikTok is a dancing app only and start presenting informational content to, to viewers. I mean, that's a practice science. If you want the customers to get the uh, stuff they would say no to, you just get them hooked and then they'll keep buying. Yeah, I, I guess it is very similar <laughs> in that sense. Um, yeah, because the algorithm works that way. You really want to get their attention, get them to subscribe. Enjoying the podcast? Consider hitting that follow button for more great episodes. Do you find that engagement ever drops if you're like, do you have a happy place ratio of short form to long form? And I, you know, long form, I say like what, one to two minutes. It's still short, still short form, but long short form, yeah. Yeah, the long within the sphere of TikTok, you have some ratio of like, okay, I'm gonna post this short form, then this long form. If you suddenly disturb that ratio and you have more long form, does that manifest itself as a drop in subscribers or do you find you have like unbeatable retention once you hook people into like your content you know i actually don't think i've ever like net lost subscribers week over week month over month anything like that um i think like tiktok subscribers are sticky in the sense that like they'll follow you 
And then if they don't like your content, they'll just swipe away because it's so easy to churn off a video um, that they're happy churning rather than like the extra effort it takes to go and unfollow someone. Um, Yeah, that's kind of been like my experience. And also like I follow people whose like specific content I like. Like they post multiple niches basically, which I think is another really cool thing about TikTok is that you can post multiple niches and have different target audiences that both still subscribe to you. Whereas, for example, on YouTube, right, you have a very specific niche. You post about that niche and that's it. Um, unless you're like a lifestyle vlog content kind of kind of YouTuber. Um, whereas on TikTok, right, like I feel like I can post tech content. I can post finance content. I can post personal like Indian cultural content. Um, and I have like different followers for these three niches. So the people that follow me for like the, the in-depth finance videos don't really see my in-depth tech videos and the other way around. Um, the high level stuff kind of gets to everyone, but in that way, like, I feel like I can bring my more authentic self to the platform, right? I don't have to narrow myself down to a specific niche. I can just post what I want to post and like what's going on in my life at that time. Yeah. I mean, so does it do tags? TikTok does the tags and does it use that to sort of differentiate or does it do like... So I, I have no specific insight on like how the TikTok algorithm actually works, right? Just like anecdotally, like when I post tech content, which usually has some tech like hashtags that I put in there uh, and finance content, which usually has finance hashtags in there. Um, like that content goes out to different people. Um, I think the, the reason I'm able to like know this, I guess, is I kind of have like super followers in both of these niches, aka like not anything official like Twitter super followers, but just people that you, you know, always notice in the comments or are always interacting with your videos. And so the tech super followers are never really like commenting or engaging on the extreme like high level finance stuff. Um, And similarly, the finance super followers are not posting on my tech videos. Um, So that makes me think like the audience is kind of targeted in in some way uh, and like bucketed into different niches. Gotcha. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, hey, they, they, if you don't want to show somebody something they don't want to see. So exactly. Yeah. Right. So like the algorithm double pronged, right? They want people that are viewing to view videos they're interested in. And they want to make sure creators have their videos viewed by people who are interested in those videos so that you get higher engagement, higher views from that niche of people. Um, if they showed like if I posted a fashion video, right, or like I've done this before, I, I posted like a similar to like what I spend in a week. I posted like what I wear in a week or like I just showed like this is what a tech bros closet looks like. Um, Like that kind of stuff kind of went to fashion TikTok and they were like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he posting about clothes when he's a tech bro and just has like three black T-shirts and four black pants or something? Um, Because like they didn't understand the persona that I was like putting off in that video. Right. Um, But my like normal followers did understand what I was doing. That was kind of a, a joke there. Do you ever have videos that just completely flop? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I follow also people on TikTok that post content for creators on the platform, right? Like kind of like how to think about your content and stuff. Um, And one thing that stuck with me is like, if a video flopped, then that means that no one saw it, meaning you shouldn't feel bad about it. So it's like if a lot of people saw it, right, and then said they hated the video, that's when I think you can think about deleting. But if a video flops, cause like I expected it to get a hundred thousand views or, or like just, you know, I expected it to go viral and it only got like a thousand views or something. Like that's totally fine. That means only a thousand people saw it and they probably scrolled away pretty quickly because it didn't get more viewers. 
So I didn't really make a fool of myself. They just decided the content wasn't for them. And, and there's another element to you want to build up a library on your channel. The more videos you have, the more likely you're going to show up in certain indices. And Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, SEO is like such a fascinating area of TikTok right now because I think relatively recently, like Google started indexing TikTok videos and like showing them on the search pages. Um, so if you were to search, I think like like Seattle Tech Bro or like my name or something, it actually starts showing you like individual videos of, of stuff that I've posted. Um, and like that's super interesting because now people are like, now that like general SEO has come to TikTok, a lot of people have changed like what their usernames look like, right? Like mine has always just been like Seattle Tech Bro, but the display name has also been Seattle Tech Bro. So a lot of people keep their handle as like the marketable name that people can quickly search up, but they'll keep their display name as something that's very SEO friendly. So they'll say something like, like Paul Podcast Extraordinaire or something, right? Um, and that way it shows up when someone Googles Paul Podcast. Um, yeah, or like podcast host. It's like the website head element or whatever. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so you, you must need to post a lot of these videos because I mean, I I did TikTok for a little bit, right? And there, after I posted like sixty or seventy videos, that's when I started to see success, and other people who I know who did TikTok started to see success. And it's this element of iteration, consistent content, constantly flooding onto the platform, and. I mean, personally, from my side, I stopped doing that, um, even though it was picking up because it just takes a lot of time. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to plan the videos and then edit them. How do you tackle that? Because tech content in particular is like you want to show maybe some screencasts, um, screenshot. What do you use to edit and how do you plan your process out before you post something, if you plan at all? Totally. So a, a lot of points to touch here. Um, first off... Regarding the editing, I think I actually like don't edit my videos specifically like for TikTok. Like I edit in the app, um, and if anything, yeah, I'm doing like screenshots um, or like the green screen effect, where you have like something in the background and you're like talking over it. Um, for example, for like a period of time, I did like resume reviews, um, where like people would send me the resume, I would screenshot it, and then just kind of like dissect why or why it might not be the best resume they could make. Um, and like those did well, uh, but I noticed like. The authentic videos, at least for me, where I just like prop my phone up like on this charging stand and like talk to it about something that's happening like right now in the moment um, are the ones that do the best. Um, for example, one of my like recent popular ish videos, right, were, was one where I talked about like quiet quitting when I was at Facebook. And so I was like, yeah, like I was working at Facebook and I was, you know, aiming for this promotion that I wanted. And yeah, and I, I didn't get it right. Like it happens. But what really hurt was like the fact that my manager like didn't even bring up a promotion to to the committee or whatever, and like told me after the fact they didn't bring it up, um, which which hurts. And so it's like it's this very authentic experience, and I'm just kind of sharing the experience and like no other editing or anything else. So the platform actually feels like this person is just talking to you. There's some visual guidance on the screen, but it's not like a whole like visual experience uh, of a platform. Or I think like YouTube kind of has to be, right? Like there's this expectation of very highly edited videos that are almost always scripted, right? Um, and yeah, high quality, all this stuff. And so just the setup of a YouTube video might take like 30 minutes, right? Like getting the lighting right, making sure you have like the right audio, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long it takes. Um, but yeah, like TikTok, TikTok, I post 
TikTok, I post like in between meetings, right? Like I have five minutes in between meetings, I'll post TikTok and like, it'll do really well. Um, well, you're a pro now, right? Yeah, you, it takes a muscle too to be able to sit in front of the camera or a personality. You need to be able to sit in front of the camera, just go candid. Like if you're candid and you're relaxed, as you said, that's the best content. And to put yourself in that headspace, like it takes practice. It takes practice, yeah. I think, yeah, when you look at my first videos in comparison to what I post now, there's like a marked difference in let's say stage presence or camera presence um, and that's like a good skill for people to learn now too right even as software engineers like you're in zoom meetings all day like your presence on camera is your personality at, at your company it's how people recognize you so if you can kind of build that on the side on tiktok that, that's like the personal gain to it right um sure you're putting out content that helps a lot of people but you are becoming a better engineer or better whatever like employee by, by posting this kind of stuff. It's Emily again, producer for Pod Rocket, and I want to talk to you. Yeah, you, the person who's listening but won't stop talking about your new favorite front-end framework to your friends, even though they don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, I do want to hear about it because you're really important to us as a listener. So what do you think of Pod Rocket? What do you like best? What do you absolutely hate? What's the one thing in the entire world that you want to hear about? Edge computing? Weird little component libraries? How to become a productive developer when your Wi-Fi is out? I don't know. And that's the point. If you get in contact with us, you can rant about how we haven't had your favorite dev advocate on or tell us we're doing great. Whatever. And if you do, we'll give you a $25 gift card. That's pretty sweet, right? So reach out to us. Links are in the description. $25 gift card. I think it's amazing what difference uh, having good stage presence makes. If you can be heard clearly and very precisely by your coworkers, it makes a paramount difference, especially in the Zoom world we live today. And enunciating on a, vid, a digital medium, like that, that's an art in itself. And like, hey, yeah, if, if you're trying to get into tech, go make TikToks. Why the heck not? You know, see, see how people react to them. Um, do you post on YouTube shorts? I don't. I have a, a friend of mine on TikTok. His name is Fong. Um, he is making this like platform right now. And this isn't like a sponsored chat out or anything like that. But um, he, he's, he's working on making this platform right now that automatically syncs the TikToks that you post to YouTube shorts. Um, and so that way, like I just post on TikTok. He like pulls a video out without the watermark and then like, you know, uploads it to YouTube Shorts via their API, um, which I think is really interesting and probably something that I'll be hopping on once it's more like polished off um, and and start using because I do think there are people who have privacy concerns over TikTok and I'm not the most informed and, and I don't want to go off making claims that, you know, like I can't back or like haven't read the sources on. Um, but if people have like these privacy concerns and like YouTube Shorts is probably the place that they're going to get short form content. Um, and they're already probably following tech creators on there who have hopefully also pivoted over to short form content as well. Um, so definitely something I want to post on. I think it's a very different audience though. Like the YouTube shorts audience is going to expect a similar quality out of the shorts that they do of the videos. And so there is going to be this more like scripted aspect to it. Um, and yeah, this like highly edited high quality, like HD, you know, bokeh in the background kind of expectation. 
Um, and that's just like not the videos that I make. So I've recently, uh, in the past month, stopped kind of watching TikTok. And when I wake up in the morning, uh, I'll go on YouTube Shorts instead. It's, I just got curious, right? I was like, what's going on in this side of the universe? <laughs> and it's actually remarkably similar to TikTok. Of course, granted, grain of salt, there's algorithm. I'm going to see different things than you see. But like, I'm getting videos of people using the green screen effect of somebody like wrenching a, a thing and they're like, look at this, insert explicative. They're using a screwdriver wrong. And then, they, and then the video just ends. You know, I'm seeing very similar things to TikTok. I think maybe it's a little less childish. I'm seeing less like dancey dancey and more like, oh, people are just doing their one niche. Like, I think the, the thing is the one niche. That's holding true. And YouTube, you have one niche and you stick to that. And on YouTube shorts, you stick to the same thing your channel is posting about. Right, exactly. But the quality is still like, I filmed this on my phone in 10 seconds. So that's cool. Are people posting to YouTube shorts native or are they posting to TikTok and then posting to YouTube shorts? Because the cool thing about YouTube shorts right now is um, talking to one or two firms that recently got on YouTube shorts, it's a goldmine because of the fact that it's mostly native. If you go on there and you start posting something that's of one niche, you're going to blow up because there's just so little volume on there. Mm. They're still ramping up. If anything, when you're like, oh, my friend's building this thing to synchronize, it's like YouTube shorts was waiting for this. They were just waiting for this one person somewhere to just go, oh, I see an opportunity and build the connector for them, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it'd be really interesting to see content like proliferate on both and then see how they make like space for themselves or if one takes over the other, right? Um, it's possible that for educational content, like YouTube shorts becomes the go-to. Um, but I probably won't be posting YouTube shorts native. Like I'll probably stick to TikTok and like use this sinker uh, just because like I believe in the authenticity of TikTok over the authenticity of YouTube shorts. It's definitely very full of bots right now. So not as authentic for sure um well back to the tiktok realm uh for what's going on right there in the communities do you think there's any ways that companies are taking advantage of the tech space on youtube and if they're not do you think there are places where advantages could be taken yeah i think so tech companies are kind of doing this in two ways right now you can always sponsor like individual creators right like you can have partnerships and stuff um the recent like big names, I guess, that are getting into this are like Blind and Notion. They both like sponsor tech talk creators all the time. Um, and the Blind videos will literally just be like, we'll sponsor you because you are like a recognizable face on the app. Where a lot of the time, the thing that makes users churn out of a video is the fact that they don't recognize the face. If they recognize the person, then they're like, oh, I'll watch it. Even if it's a sponsored post, they won't realize until like, you're in, you're hooked into the post already. And so they'll basically like partner with these creators and say, just literally read a blind post on the app. Cause like there are some crazy things on blind. Um, and so they'll, they'll literally just read the post and like react to it um, and then ask people what they think. And then that way they get engagement in the comments. Um, that's one way. The other way for like blind works is the social media site. That's what they want to do. They want to drive people to the site. Uh, the other way for companies, and this is specifically like B2C companies, is they'll use TikTok as kind of the, the top of their marketing funnel. Uh, and I think it's really like taken that over. I'm not a marketing expert by any means. It's just like what I've seen companies do. Um, and those are like the sponsorships that like I'm getting requests for, right? Um, which is basically like make this viral piece of content that gets people intrigued on the product. And this could be a tech API, right? Like it could be like, look how quick 
this API is, is to integrate because I can do it in a TikTok, right? Um, it can be something like that. And it can be something that's like a physical good as well, like a Logitech mouse or like a new webcam or a new mic. Um, and so they use TikTok as a top funnel to then get people to go to their website and potentially like eventually buy something like how marketing typically works is a very over like oversimplified version of how things work. Um, are, do you think they're using it for talent in any ways? Because this is very much like consumer side of like, here's a funnel. Like There's a very clear... I was more thinking like, is there a correlation of people coming in the comments and they reach out, they have you gotten recruiters going on TikTok? Do we have people looking for jobs on TikTok? Is that something that's happening? Yeah, that's also definitely happened. Like people post about their layoffs, right? On, on TikTok. So like a lot of the times, for example, this summer when like, the, the news broke that like Facebook wasn't extending full-time offers to their interns at the end of the internship, how they typically do, right? They basically said like, wait until the end of the year and we'll tell you then. Um, when that like news broke, for me, the first place I heard about it was from an intern on TikTok. And so this person like posts the video and then immediately gets people asking like, oh, like, do you want referrals for internships next year in the comments themselves? Um, and so it's like, from sharing this authentic experience that they had getting laid off or not getting an internship offer, they then get referral like recommendations in the comments, S similarly to how they do on Twitter. Um, but again, like video in general is just more engaging than text. Uh, and so I think those posts go a, a lot more viral or they get a lot more popular in that sense. I also like when I first started posting TikToks, got TikTok recruiters DMing me and asking me if I wanted to work at TikTok, considering like, I was a software engineer who was... Uh, oh, from TikTok. It's not recruiters on TikTok. It's recruiters from TikTok. Okay, gotcha. From TikTok, on TikTok. Yeah, from and on TikTok. Uh, and that was really interesting. I was like, I said no, obviously, because I wasn't like interested. I was very happy where I am. Um, but it's interesting that like recruiters have actually like DM'd me and DM'd other people that I've talked to because they like want someone who if you're working in DevRel, right, who understands the platform, because a lot of people don't. Um, and in other senses, like they just want engineers wherever they see them, right? And they're like, oh, like this is a good engineer. They hold a good camera presence. Like they're probably a good communicator that these, all these qualities make for a good engineer. So we should probably just like reach out, like cold reach out and see what happens. Um, and sometimes it's been successful, right? Recruiters also post on TikTok. So, uh, yeah, like recruiters will post about like their days in the life, right? Like what they do for work and like how they recruit tech people. And like, those are the people whose advice you should listen to about getting jobs in tech because they're the people who are the filters, um, which is why I don't do the resume review stuff anymore because there are now a lot more tech recruiters on TikTok. So I defer to them for resume advice. Um, and so like they'll be posting and then people in the comments will be like, Oh, like, can I have a job? Can I have a job? Right. And like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but there are recruiters on the platform itself who, if you befriend them, right. And like actually form a real connection, don't be super, you know, spammy and just ask people for jobs. But if you actually befriend recruiters on the platform, you can totally reach out to them and ask. Right. And it's a much more like meaningful way to connect than a cold LinkedIn message, for example. LinkedIn almost feels dead in some ways because of the amount of junk that sort of comes through. It's hard to sift through the cruft. So I can imagine if I was on TikTok and I connected with a recruiter, that's like, wow, there's a human here that took the time in the comments to like actually interact with me. Like that's substantial. Um, that's something I don't think about. Like on TikTok, it's, it takes more effort to interact sometimes that because you have to go back into the comments, which is not the most hospitable list to scroll through sometimes. And then 
Yeah, I, I think the the UX there is definitely not super great. Um, yeah, yeah, it could use some help. So, do you think that any tech companies besides you said there's Notion? What was the other? Oh, like Notion and Blind are some of the recent ones that I've seen. Um, like really upping their sponsorship game, I guess on on TikTok or like their paid partnership game. Um, is that, yeah, is that something you're expecting to see more of in the coming year? I think so. I, I don't know if it's a good thing because I guess for Notion and Blind, it's relatively harmless, right? Like you're telling people to potentially use Notion for their note taking or use Blind uh, to post about their experiences in tech or like share you know secret details or whatever if you want to. Um, I think the more harmful side of this sponsorship comes when like boot camps start sponsoring TikTok influencers, um, which I have nothing against boot camps. Like a lot of the people I work with are bootcamp graduates or people who have pivoted into tech and they're fantastic people to work with. However, I think when these bootcamps sponsor people who did not go down the bootcamp route, it's very dangerous to recommend something that you have no experience with. And so if I were to respond to one of the bootcamps that's like in my email, right? Like asking me to do a sponsorship post. And I said, yes, I post this video and I tell people like, if you want to pivot into tech, like this bootcamp is a great option or like the option, right? If I use stronger wording and then someone actually does that, right? Like spends, let's say thousands of dollars on a bootcamp and that derails their career. Like it actually doesn't work out for them. Like I would feel terrible saying like, oh yeah, like I said yes to $2,000, but I like now lost this person like tens of thousands of dollars potentially. And now they don't have the career that they wanted, right? Um, that I think is very harmful, and I, and I don't think people should accept sponsorship posts from companies that they don't have experience using. Uh, but blind notion, like these kinds of like product companies, it's very harmless to accept a sponsorship post and say like, yeah, sure, I'll post about it. Um, so in general, you see it might grow a little bit in this sponsorship light, um, but remaining cautiously optimistic, right? Because we want to make sure the content remains truthful and clear. I think that's one thing we're seeing on YouTube. There's a lot of trash sponsorships out there. Um, and at least people who get really into them, like I'm thinking about like Linus Tech Tips channel, for example, they're very obvious about it. And they're like, listen, these people paid us money and here's who they are. Um, I think there are a lot of creators out there who are like, oh, I want to be like the best sponsor for this person who was giving me money. And they're like, listen, this is the, the answer. This is the thing. And you have to... You have to take responsibility for your creator to like walk that fine line between being a corporate goose and a good creator. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fine line to walk, but hopefully like not a hard one. Um, like it should be very obvious when you're like selling out, right? And, and you're like, yeah, like I'll post whatever content you want me to. Like if you tell me to say it's good and you'll pay me money, I'll say it's good, right? And then you go to like the bootcamp website and they're like, yeah, it's an upfront $20,000 and our job placement rate is like 70%. And then you want me to like recommend this to someone? Like, absolutely not. I think if you're a creator and and you, you'll know if you're selling yourself out when you make the content. Because making content, if you're making good content, it's a, it's a product of the heart in the end. Like, you actually need to feel what you're saying. And you'll know if it's not what you originally wanted to say deep down. Like, listen to your heart. Listen to your gut. We'll, we'll make this less emotional. Listen to your gut. <laughs> if it doesn't feel right, it, it might not be right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I so I have a question on one of my favorite tech YouTubers on YouTube, 
that was a double word. One of my favorite tech YouTubers is Fireship. I think he has, have you seen any Fireship IO videos? I have not, but I think I've heard of Fireship. Uh, yeah, my, my YouTube is very like not tech focused. Like I don't follow like programmers or anything on YouTube. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I think he just stepped into the TikTok realm and his videos are just like, they're also incredible. And they have all these like, it looks like a PowerPoint with really nice animations made in After Effects. And I'm just thinking, wow, this must have taken so long for this guy to make. But I guess you're also getting tech people coming onto TikTok who make these high quality videos that have After Effects animations. And then they do sync that you're going to do, but reverse. They bring it onto the TikTok platform. Right. Yeah. It's all about repurposing content, right? And like, I guess like you should also repurpose the podcast, right? Like if you already have like video on, for example, like I think it's pretty hard to set up for the first time, but then pretty trivial from then on to say like, we produce one long form piece of content, which is the podcast. We have say, for example, a blog post, right? With any like affiliate links or anything you want to do there. Um, we have that can go into like multiple tweets which can go into a YouTube video, which is like this, this video itself. Um, it can go into TikToks. It can go on YouTube shorts. You can post screen caps from in on Instagram with like specific quotes that you might want to post. Um, it can get very detailed and it's possible to just get all of this content from one long form piece of content itself, um, which is what a lot of people do. They'll post like a YouTube video or make a video podcast. And I'll see that on TikTok, right? And they're like, they just took the podcast they, instead of having the video side by side, they put it top down. So it's a vertical format. Um, and then they put like really fancy captions on there, which is probably automated at this point for them. Uh, and for that, they get content for free, right? That whole process, I, that's, I call the CICD of content, right? Um, taking a, a video, putting it into your After Effects, your Premiere, whatever it is, having the script. I don't know what, if you find the script, please email me and let me know if there's an auto subtitler because that is like a pain in the butt to do. The, the hand, the keyframes and all that. But that's that's amazing that people can develop these processes to repurpose content and continually use it. Um, and this brings us back full circle to TikTok. This is one thing that's beautiful about TikTok is this is for many people ground zero. It's where the initial seeds that kind of get created and some a lot of times where it stops because it's short content. And I think, like you said at the beginning, wrote uh, uh, like it's original and you can't find the stuff anywhere else, and that's why people keep coming back to the platform. Um, yeah. So, yeah, in, in the next year, what are your plans for either changing your channel, pivoting it? Are you? Is there a specific specific niche you're trying to, like, go, go hard on? Yeah. For my channel, and I think if I could give advice to tech creators on the platform generally, is that I think a lot of the times I, like, don't post my like actual hot takes about things um, because I'm worried about people reacting extremely negatively. Um, and so that like, let's say quote unquote hurts the brand, right? Or like in general, if you think of like video presence on TikTok as like video presence at work, you typically don't share these like hot takes at work either, right? Like you, you kind of like try to please everyone, make sure everyone's like on board with what you're saying uh, and share like good advice. But I have hot takes that I want to post and I don't know if I'm like comfortable enough posting them yet in the evolution of um, my like camera presence on TikTok or like my character presence on TikTok. You're going to get hate. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know, I haven't gotten hate at all, really. Like it, it's been actually like a really, really nice community. And even on the posts where I'm like, oh, like people are going to make fun of this. Like I kind of went too much into the dancing kids side of the app um, with this post. Uh, people are generally like, you know, pretty happy to see like a variety of content. Um, 
So yeah, I guess that, that's my only advice to myself and what I want to do over the next year is just be even more me um, and post the opinions I have that might not make some people happy, but that's totally okay. Being more you is just going to make your channel better. So well, that, that's what we all hope, right? It's how it should Yeah, work. yeah, exactly. And then it, it turns out you're like tech lead. Uh, and you being you is actually the worst thing you could do for your platform. That channel is a um, meme. That channel is so funny. I I still don't know what to make of the tech lead channel. It was like you start watching it and you're like, huh, okay. And then you just get confused and angry a little way, a little ways down the line. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I don't want to speak on the tech lead too much, but it's been a really interesting journey for him, I think. Um, I, I like don't really follow tech people on anything other than Twitter and TikTok. Uh, and I guess like LinkedIn, but no one really goes on that platform now. Um, yeah. So like, I, I never really like followed tech lead and, and I didn't know what was like going on until like the super viral videos that happened. Uh, I guess like last year, or the year before. They're still informative and they still have great information. It's just, there's a lot of controversy surrounding those videos and kind of brings you out of the element of why you're watching the video. Um, you want to focus on the tech and, and, and the advice that your superiors have to give down to you or people who have done things you haven't done. I don't want to say superior. Um, anyway, we're kind of running up on time. Um, I, I could continue to pick your brain about how you're like manicuring this channel and, and, and organizing everything. But uh, in the interest of keeping the podcasts between 30 and 40 minutes, uh, let's close out and just one more time, what is your TikTok handle? So that if anybody listening who wants to learn more about tech, finance, and do you do fitness stuff? Other random stuff. Do you do <laughs> fitness stuff? You said a bunch of random hodgepodge. Uh, no, I don't do fitness stuff. Probably could. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think you're guessing just guessing it. that based off like all the shit I have in the background here. Um, no, I don't. I don't post fitness content. Um, I, I just don't think that's like the thing for me. I'm like the very, I'm very average in in the fitness realm. So. I don't know if that would be worth posting. I, I do just post like random stuff that's going on with my life. Like I'm going to a wedding in India in November. And so like I'll post outfits, right. That I'm going to, I'm planning on wearing. Um, and like, you know, that's fun to post, like to break up the the tech barrage of content, I guess. Um, the handle is Seattle tech bro. If you'd like to follow it, it it's much more, yeah, I guess like handy than RO mancad um, and, and easier to spell over audio. So it is, it's the Seattle tech bro or just, Seattle Tech Row. Just Seattle Tech Row. Okay, awesome. Just Seattle Tech Row. Yeah. Awesome. You dropped the the, just like Facebook did. Okay, Eric. Well, thank you for your time and for letting us pick your brain about being one of the, you know, one of the first people in, in the TikTok tech space. It's Yeah. So basically, I need your help. Um, my, my background in tech has been very cookie cutter. I, I started CS when I was in high school. Um, I, I did it for all of high school. I did CS in college. I did all the typical stuff. Like I joined clubs. I worked at a Fang and now, now I work at a startup. Um, I've had unique experiences in my own right, but in general, I am not the picture of diverse, like the diverse tech industry. Um, and I think a lot of you people listening have a lot more interesting backgrounds getting into tech and working in tech that I think the next generation of people who are considering working in the tech industry, they deserve to hear it. Um, and so I think I, I would ask you to post or consider posting either on TikTok or if you have privacy concerns, post on YouTube shorts, um, because it's, it's really um, important for people to hear this um, and, and understand that, you know, it's not just all tech bros um, in the industry, like anyone can join, uh, regardless of what, um, like underrepresented minority or gender or race that you're a part of.
yeah, that's an amazing message, Aira. And thank you for that. Because, I mean, I have one peer that I'm trying to get into tech right now. And they're like, well, you know, it's it's hard because there's no groups like of people like me. And actually seeing it on a platform we interact with on a friendly daily basis would really help expand that reach. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Once again, thanks for your time. And hopefully people can hop on a TikTok and see you around. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for Pod Rocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome Pod Rocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts.